This is View from the Cop on the Blood Red Channel, our Liverpool FC fans podcast, bringing you all the big talking points at Anfield. Hello and welcome to the View from the Cop podcast on the Blood Red Channel. I'm your host, Paul Wheelock, and I'm delighted to be joined by two of our regular guests, Paul Philbin. Hello. And Peter Harris. Hello. Well, this is our first view from the cop of the year and uh, since we've last spoken, Liverpool have been crowned champions of the world, <laughs> knocked Everton out of the FA Cup with their reserve team and are now enjoying the best ever start to a league campaign in the history of Europe's top flight con- uh, competitions. Not bad at all, is it? How long does the start go on for? <laughs> we could <laughs> keep do, do it going. We just go like, <laughs> after 37 games, the best ever start to a league season when we're on 109 points or whatever. Best ever start. It is, it is unbelievable. <laughs> so let's start with the big question. Is it happening? Are Liverpool winning the Premier League? And we shouldn't be asking this question in like, what, two weeks into January. But <laughs> as you say, the records keep on tumbling. The wins keep on coming. Is it fair to say that even at this very early stage that this looks like it is finally coming back to Anfield? Privately, everyone's saying, yeah. And you'd be stupid not to because at the end of the day, if... It was Man City or Leicester or even Chelsea in the position that Liverpool were. As fans, we'd be looking up going. There's absolutely no chance of catching them. But then, you know, also worried the what if it does go wrong? I don't think it's going to. Um, uh, <laughs> but no, like, is it what, 34 points to go? And that's a maximum. The form up from Liverpool since... It, even before last uh, last season, it's just been incredible. So, and that form's just not going to drop off. It's just consistent right the way through. It's a matter of when, isn't it? Not if you'd imagine. Um, I just hope if one bad result comes, which it could do, people don't start being panicking and flapping a bit because that's what the players don't need. The fans don't need that. Just crack on. They're in a position that is ridiculous with the game in hand. <laughs> you yeah, know? you forget yeah. that. You forget that. So, yeah. Like, every game I'm going to, I'll keep going. Win this and it's done. Win this and it's done. And then I'm like, before the game, it's like, oh. <laughs> one point dropped and I'll start it. think maybe not, but yeah, we should be fine. You expect a dip, every season you expect a dip, but Liverpool's dip at the moment seems to be 1-0 wins, Mm -hmm. so that's fine, (laughs) there's no problem with that, even if it gets worse and points dropped in draws, it can't go wrong that big to overhaul the points difference, so it it is, yeah, I suppose that matter of when, when do we really start doing our calculations of how many points until it happens. <laughs> I've been I've been doing the calculations. I think it is it right that if us and City match each other from now till the day we play them, that can be the that day. Could be the, yeah, yeah. So maybe the Etihad. <laughs> I quite I kind kinda like the thought of going the Etihad. Well, and then um, giving us the guard of honour. It'd just be <laughs> quite nice. Um Hopefully that's a great weekend for the city as well because it's a Grand National weekend. So yeah, let's have a big bender in Liverpool that weekend. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, it's Klopp. We've got to give Jurgen Klopp credit for so many things, probably everything, but his mentality is always the same when he gets asked at every press conference, one game at a time, one game at a time. And it does seem like it's seeped a little bit into the fan base, yet totally understandably people are looking if and when it should happen. Mm -hmm. But it it's never seemed to have gone overboard, has it? It's not, there's never been anyone celebrating too much so far. No. Um, I can't remember what game it was. It was a few weeks ago. 
oh. And somebody tried to start thinking we're going to win the league. And straight away, both three or four people went, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> people are petrified to admit it openly and sing that song because... Well, that's what we did last time kind of thing. How close we went. What, four times recently over the past 10 years or so. But I also think that's a good thing because I think people do believe now the relax, calm, composed, it's our time. Two years in a row we've been in the European Cup final. Now it's time domestically and probably in Europe again. Definitely. Well, the Red Strucker stepped closer to the title with that 1 0 win at Tottenham last weekend. You know, we won't dwell on it too much, just given it was a week ago now. And we've got such a big game coming up this weekend against Manchester United. But uh, just start with you, Paul, because you were there. And it, it, to me, watching from home, it just felt like a bit of a further demonstration of why Liverpool are a country mile ahead of every other team in the country at the moment. Because let's face it, it was Mourinho. It was Tottenham away. Still, a, not the team they were, but still a good team. But it was just very comfortable, wasn't it? It was the Champions League final all over again without the second goal mm-hmm. late on. Liverpool did what they had to do. When the pressure was on, they just defensively did amazing on Saturday. And th- honestly, if you'd have said to me, oh, you're in Madrid back in June watching the Champions League final, I'd have probably went, you know what, you're probably right there. It was a carbon copy of that performance. We did what we had to do, got the game won. And that is something that I'm all about. I'd rather Liverpool win games by knowing how to win games rather than playing amazing football all the time but coming up short so Tottenham was another example of that and by the way that stadium's rubbish whatever people say <laughs> it's just the Emirates with blue seats pretty soulish yeah soulless indeed it's, yeah it's, it looks amazing as in an arena but it's not a football ground absolutely not you know I don't know about you Peter but it, to me it looked like two teams and probably two managers going in completely different directions you know there's one on the up and I don't know almost I know Mourinho's always been not negative but he will try and get a result at all costs but he, to me it just didn't look like he wanted to win that game or even get a point until later on I think he, it was in the beginning it seemed like classic Mourinho he's happy with a point he's going to set back it wasn't until near the end he thought it wasn't as bad probably because he's got Tottenham's quick players he knows he he can use them to counter-attack, but it did seem a bit of like the old Mourinho was seeping in there of like, well, yeah, he can take a draw and he could, you know, ride the coattails of that if he's <laughs> done it against Liverpool. He'll be happy with that. Um, and I think he, as the game went on, you saw his reaction on the sidelines. He knew, he, he he reads the game very well. He knew what was happening. He knew his side wasn't wasn't worthy of a win no matter what he said in the post-match interview they weren't worthy of a win um, and they just couldn't break down that side he's he's a bit strange Mourinho isn't he because you look back to teams that he's had at Chelsea in the past when you'd listen to him speak even if it wasn't the greatest at Chelsea's side and you'd hear him talk about big games and he'd be like he's just going to do a number on somebody Mm -hmm. and I can remember the 2014 game where he was like oh I'm not well and he turned up in a tracky in Gile and it's just like <laughs> unshaven he, wasn't he like, he yeah, honestly, like yeah, a scruff exactly <laughs> and he honestly knew and believed that he was going to spoil the party that day when we played United under Mourinho when he got sacked last season and even on Saturday in the build up you could just tell he did not believe in the side that he's got and he just knew the fact that there was no chance of him getting anything from that game 
Yeah, and I think you said the word earlier, it's running picking up, but it's that control element, isn't it? Like Liverpool aren't blowing teams away at the moment, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's, uh, that, that's what impresses me most about the side. It's just that control element. How they've got they go go up, mm-hmm. or even if it's nil nil, th- there's no panic at all, is there? It looks, it looks so relaxed as well when when Spurs are on, on recent FA Cup games. So I'm sure we'll talk about, but and teams are getting at them. And you see the Gomez or Van Dijk just. Almost stroll to make the tackle. They're not really. They don't look like the. It bothers them that much. They'll just yeah. I'll just stick the foot in, get them away, and it looks so easy for them. And the teams are probably getting really frustrated and like how how much they've got to work for no no result. <laughs> no reward. Uh, one to eleven. Well, one to eighteen. They all are elite footballers, mm-hmm. aren't they? There's only probably in the league Man City that can get close to having a squad full of elite footballers. That's what it is. And nobody's on the level of Liverpool. Fitness, talent, anything. And one who particularly stood out for you was Genie Wijnaldum, wasn't it, on Saturday against Spurs? What a footballer. He, honestly, I think he's the most underrated player in the Premier League. No matter what type of game that Liverpool are in, if it's a game where the controlling the game winning 4-5-0, or he just needs to battle, he does it. Like I remember about two years ago, I've always liked Wijnaldum, but away games he'd go missing. And then the the moment where that change was actually against Tottenham at Wembley last season when he scored. And then since then, home away in Europe, the lot, he's just been incredible. And Andy Gray's comments the other week were just ridiculous. I'd, I'd honestly think, I'll say that, that I think Wijnaldum gets in every midfield in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think he's that good. 20, 28, 29, you've still got three, four years out of him there as well. Um. When you look at <clears throat> when you look at Liverpool's midfield, a lot of it is horse of courses, like Kaita, Henderson, um, Lalana as well, and Chamberlain. But Wijnaldum is the one that should just be in there all the time. Like when you're playing um Norwich at home, Fabinho shouldn't be needed. You can just go all out and have a load of fun. But Wijnaldum should play that game. When you're going away to Chelsea and it's going to be tight, Wijnaldum should be in that midfield. He is incredible. I know there's been some reports, hasn't he, that he's, well, he is the one proper first-team player who's, who's not got a long-term contract. The club has been so good at tying down like the, the players to longer-term deals. And there have been reports maybe in 2021 he could leave, but he's, I just can't see that happening. As, as Philbo just said then, 28, 29, he's in his prime, isn't he? He seems so happy. This is Pete. Yeah, I don't know where would he want to go. I, I it's only a matter of time before Klopp says, you know, yeah, you're, you're my man, you're my one. I don't want to, if I rest the midfield, you're still there though. You're still in that, that midfield three or whatever system he's going to play. He's still going to have Ginny, like, like Paul said, whatever. He does different jobs, might do not do it as flashy as some other midfielders, but he'll do the attacking role, he'll do the sit-back role, he'll do the, just the simple stuff well to control that game he's going to be the basis of that midfield, you think, even if there's changes in the next season or so, Lallana might leave or someone else, but you'd want to see Wijnaldum there until, I don't know, the next five years. Forever, yeah. yeah. How he adapts is just amazing. Like, you look at, as I mentioned, the games where you're on the front foot or you need to grind it out, but even how he adapts from international football mm-hmm. to club football. He's incredible, where, isn't he? Where he just, he turns up for Holland, Bags a load of goals, yeah. plays in a completely different position. Next week he's playing for Liverpool and just the midfield general. Mm. He is unbelievable. I know 
you'd look at Liverpool's leaders, Henderson's the captain, Milner, vice captain, then you'd say Van Dijk. But Wijnaldum is the fourth leader in that side. Guaranteed it. He, he is so important to what Klopp wants to do right now and in the future. If Klopp has, or Wijnaldum has plans on leaving in the next 18 months or so, Klopp needs to be looking for the closest player to Wijnaldum that he can replace him with. He is so good. It's clearly he's not underrated in this room or in the wider Liverpool fan base, but it's quite interesting what you said about Andy Gray's comments. Yeah, they were absolutely ludicrous. But do you think he's... But maybe some people think that Jack Grealish is better than him. And he's a good player, but he's not up to genius standard. But do you think he's, when Alden's slightly underrated, maybe outside of these parts in Liverpool fans? Absolutely. And do you know mm-hmm. what? It's strange because you want these players to be given all applauded and whatever because they deserve it. But then you'd also like them to go under the radar, like Firmino did for years. Mm-hmm. People looked at Liverpool side and was like, Firmino's up front, he's not going to score a load of goals. And then they play against him like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's the only way I can describe it. So the more plays that we have like that, the better. Until probably Leicester away. Trent was getting praised, but not to the level that he actually deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Genie went out of them, so that just goes under the radar now. Peter, you mentioned Adam Lallana a moment ago. He is a player whose contact's out if uh, it's, it's, it expires in the summer, I should say. Do you think it's just time for him to move on? But personally, the, the last well, the last couple of months, or certainly more recently, he's proved that he's a very important part member of this squad. Yes, now, back at, like a few years ago when he first signed and, and he was having trouble with injuries, I, I was not. I was one of those that was like, oh, here he comes. What's yeah. It? All right, well, that's that's what we've decided to bring on Lallana. But he's improved. He's realised he's got to do different sides to his game. He's almost inspired from players like Wijnaldum. Seeing him, you know, he probably thought of himself as an attacking midfielder and thought, actually, he's doing other jobs and the manager's picking him and showing more faith. So he's done, like, the number six role as well and, and adapted his game. And he's becoming a more of a, a an important squad team player. Um, and you... You think maybe he's looking to James Milner as well, thinking, well, I could, if I look after myself, maybe I could be a player like like him as well and, and keep up with a, a side as good as Liverpool. But I think for Liverpool, it'd be good if he stays, but I think for, personally for him, it is probably better if he finds a different challenge. If he, if he wants to play more and show what more he could do, it'd probably be better for him to find a club where he could start and still do that role. But from a Liverpool point of view, we, the benefits would outweigh the negatives of him extending his stay there. Nobody loses in whatever situation happens. If he stays, then great. And he's a perfect role model for the younger kids like Curtis Jones and that in that midfield who are hoping to break into the first-team squad. You just have to look back at the derby display um, from Lallana where you can look up to Lallana He's so professional, he does, he can do every single job in the midfield or even in the front three, he could put him on either side of the forward. But then you look at his injury record and you worry about, oh, he's going to be out for two months. Mm-hmm. So, if we keep him happy days, he's a great person, you'd imagine to have around the squad. But if he does go, there'll be somebody there that can replace what he does, you'd imagine, because... It's very rare that we need to go to Adam Lallana. Like, I remember Kiev 
when Salah got injured, yeah. the line was the first sub, and you were just like... It, it wouldn't happen now, would it? No. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, so if he's on the bench and he's the... F- you bring him on if you need to, rather than... Be a main option. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's kind of where he is now. I'd, I'd let him go right through the cup now, though, the FA Cup, see how far he can get that younger side, the second stringers, such. So... If he's going to go out, let him go out on a high and hopefully lift the Premier League trophy. Speaking of the cup, before we get stuck into like the United game, are you just fully on board with playing that team that beats Everton all the way through, no matter what happens now? <laughs> they deserve it after that, surely? <laughs> I'll let Peter on. <laughs> I think it's... it's <laughs> he would. It's, you, they played that well. You can't not give him a go again. Uh, always shows me it's like people might think you know take it seriously it's like well maybe he did he knew exactly what, what he was he playing did, yeah. <laughs> he knew what they were capable of and they're showing it I think the same was in, in the League Cup of, they were forced they had to play the the, the kids in against Villa when in the League Cup but even then they did they did well in that game and you thought actually if, if they got through that club would have to give them another chance and the same is here especially looking at Harvey Elliott I just Look at him and think how good he is and how 16. the age of his. It's not fair. And even actually, like the, the senior player on that team with Joe Gomez, it's like still only 22 and he just absolutely ruled that back line. Yeah. No one was panicking when he, he got the ball and he can see them and, and feed Curtis Jones and get them moving. And, and yeah, you, ha- you have to give at least, <laughs> at least the majority of them a go. I don't see why not. They definitely get Shrewsbury for me. Um, the reason I say it just Shrewsbury for now is you've got to think about the players who are out injured at the minute. Yeah. The likes mm-hmm. of Milner, Kaita, Shakiri who's coming back. Lovren. Uh, Lovren, yeah. Matip. These players who, if they're not playing on Saturday against whoever in the league, when the cup comes around, if they're not playing as well, they will start, you'd imagine, to be a bit frustrated about mm-hmm. not getting game time so and also if you get through past Shrewsbury you should imagine that we do and you get a kind draw again you're into the quarterfinals yeah, and you, and you start going hold on a second when, another trophy yeah. yeah then that's when you take it serious I was having a discussion with brother last night about if we got to the semi-final what would you do it was like you just go with your strongest team yeah because yeah. yeah. you're two games from winning the trophy yeah no matter what anybody says about winning the FA Cup, it's not the same as it was. Everybody would love that day out in May. Particularly if it's with a double or even a potentially two-part of a treble. And if you look at that over a year, say if Liverpool go on, win the European Cup again, win the league title, get to the uh, FA Cup final, win that, the only two trophies they would have picked up would be the League Cup. They, they were forced to play the kids yeah. and the Charity Shield. Which was decided on penalties. Yeah. And, and Why th- wouldn't you want <laughs> that? And this is what the best teams do. Liverpool did in the seventies and eighties. City have done it more recently. Chelsea in the mid, you know, first decade of this century. That's what good teams do. They're like they're just trophy collectors. If Salah would have scored with in the last two minutes of the Charity Shield, when I think it was cleared off the line by yeah. somebody. Battered City yeah. second half. There's the Charity Shield. If the, the Football League and whoever made that decision would have made it a sensible decision and put it back till just the middle of January yeah. or something, we'd have been playing Leicester over two legs. Yeah. Like, 
it would have been a serious possibility if Salah would have scored that goal that we could have picked up every single trophy possible this season. And one was a pen shootout, one was we were forced in that situation. I think that's actually going under the radar. Yeah. That actually, when you think about it. Crazy. The view from the cop on the Blood Red Channel. But the big trophy every Liverpool fan wants is the Premier League and it's back to Premier League action then on Sunday, isn't it, against Manchester United. But just before we, we get to the games itself, it's just something you pointed out to me this week and I know the Echo have done a story on it now. It's now a thousand days <laughs> since Liverpool last lost the league game at Anfield. That is absolutely ridiculous. We all know it what when it was against Palace, but a thousand days? <laughs> what do you say about that? <laughs> it's... It's crazy, isn't it? Like, it is absolutely stupid. Um, and you think back to that Palace game. I'm right thinking that was the day when Klopp was like, didn't people leave with about five to go when he said something along the lines of, the team needs you, why have you got off? Ben Teke scored two, didn't he? And something just happened. The mentality of the home fan has changed as well as it's just been incredible at football. It's kind of worked out perfectly. And you look back at... That thousand days, there's not many results you go, that weren't great, was it? No, no. You think of the Leicester one last season, which was the one one draw, but it's incredible. Like, we've battered Man City a few times in that thousand days. We've battered Everton, battered United. We've beat everyone convincingly in that period, isn't it? We've just, like, grinded that out. We've won in every way possible, and... Hopefully it's a thousand and two, a thousand three, a thousand and four, <laughs> whatever after Sunday. It does feel like a bit like a self fulfilling prophecy now. Like whereas a Liverpool fan, you just don't feel like you're gonna lose. And surely the opposition know this as well. Surely must go because he's haven't lost at home for three and a half years, or you know, it, it, it's almost like the teams are beaten before they've stepped onto the pitch. Yeah, well that's what they said about the last few years. Usually the team that won the title especially Man City that's what the pundits would say it was like teams turn up and they already know they've probably lost the game and that's becoming the case even though it's not been talked about as much that is becoming the case of Anfield people know they probably haven't got three points here and they're going to have to do a hell of a lot to <laughs> yeah. just to get even try and get the glimmer of one it's usually short lived if they think they're getting a draw true because um, yeah usually if it's not, it's not Manny it's Origi scoring in the <laughs> 9 plus 6 or something Um I think yeah, and that that adds to teams as well. Not only do they come there and know they this team's probably gonna win, they're probably gonna win at any minute of the match they'll come up with a winner. Um and yeah, like Paul said, yeah, that the last time they lose when Klopp said, you know, don't leave, like you're needed here at every minute and it has been proven on the pitch that at any minute something will happen at Anfield. I think the perfect game that sums it up actually of teams being beaten before they get to Anfield would be the 5 2 derby the other week. Mm-hmm. We rested a load of players, Everton turned up, and they knew they weren't going to get anything mm-hmm. despite the team. And it was over after probably half an hour, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was just ridiculous. And even the, the FA Cup game, when they had the 20 minutes, 25 minutes, but apart from that, there was nothing. I think they knew. Yeah. He had no chance. No matter what team Liverpool put out, nobody's got a chance. Yeah. I think Bayern Munich's the only team we haven't beat in that period at Anfield. <laughs> Which is just... Which was a nil-nil game yeah. in when Europe. they parked the bus big they time, parked didn't the, they? Yeah, and we didn't have Van Dijk playing. We had Fabinho sent to Darwin, yeah. Matip. <laughs> the only team that have come to Anfield and not let us win a game. 
Madness. United are the only team though, I suppose, who've taken a point off Liverpool this season. Uh, I don't I think we all agree they're probably one of the poorer United sides of our lifetime. What do you make of it? What do you make of this game on Sunday? I think I mentioned it when we played United at Anfield last season in the podcast. When they were good in the nineties and we go to Old Trafford, they would make a show of Liverpool. And now we need to make the most of that and do the exact same to them for however long this period of dominance over them um, exists because for, for years and years and years they were the bane of many Liverpool fans' lives. So go and just give them absolutely nothing. Don't give the fans anything because even even when they've been poor since Ferguson went, ah, there's been a few times they've come to Anfield their fans and they've just been like they've sucked a piss really not yeah, not, yeah. not sorry for swearing by the way but <laughs> it's not with whatever shouts yeah mm-hmm. they've just come with this arrogance of where Man United were going to beat you yeah. today yeah. so we've got to go into it going we're Liverpool we're going to absolutely snob you yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because that, that's the funny thing. It's like Solskjaer probably shows how far they've fallen. And if you've seen his press conferences today or this week, it's like grinning like a Cheshire cat. Because oh, well, we've kept we've had a couple of draws against them oh, recently. Yeah. I think what did he say? Like oh, we know how to play them and stuff like that. And it does feel like. And I think even Klopp, someone put it to Klopp today in the press conference, we were recording this on the Friday, and he said like five of the last seven have been draws. And you're right, they're probably the one team that have yet to be really, really beaten. I know that 3-1 was bad for Mourinho, wasn't it, last season? Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think there's, it's like the one like last t- box to be ticked almost kind of thing. <laughs> Would you want against them where yeah. we just absolutely destroy them? Um, with so- Solskjaer's weird, isn't he? Yeah. I can't like, think of him. He shouldn't be managing United, <laughs> like, should he? I know they're struggling. He's not but- connection with him, but you say that, yeah, the last few interviews... I've seen him do interviews, press comments, and, and I think even today he said, like, he mentioned someone's called him defensive or something. Yeah. He said he took that as a compliment. And yeah. It's like, oh, do you realise you're managing Manchester United, yeah. right? Not mould anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Did he say something about, about the defensive thing? And he was like, well, we nearly got the win against Sheffield United, and we nearly got the win against whoever it was. I can't remember. Like, nearly getting the win away from home is not good enough for Man United. <laughs> And the way he's acted since beating Norwich at home 4 0. Like, come on. Like, everybody should be doing that. Yeah, his city comments were mad as well. And the city comments. He said, like, you know, into a full strength. He came to us full strength. Shows how good we are. Yeah. Like, if he got sacked tomorrow, what top team's going to go for him? None. No one. No one. No. I hope not, because they'll probably play better on Sunday if he gets sacked tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about him, though. Like, it it does feel like they're. I don't know if he's bad as Hodgson. I don't think he's quite as bad as Hodgson. So maybe he's got a bit better players there to work with. But it does feel like they are where Liverpool once were. He hasn't come yeah. out with the uh, the shells of Manchester United in a relegation battle <laughs> like Hodgson did after that Blackpool defeat years ago. Yeah, so no. he's not that level. Yeah, he could be. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully after Sunday. Uh, no doubting about it. Liverpool, United love a lot of players uh, that Liverpool have got. Just name one because we, t- we touched on Wijnaldum and Lallana who are both in the side of the presence. Jordan Henderson as well. No, you've not had an up and down relationship with him but he's playing he's so well, hasn't he? Yeah. Are they the midfielders start on Sunday or does Fabinho come back in because wow. he's fit? <laughs> great option, great I'd problem to have. the same team with Spurs. Same midfield, Henderson, Ox, Wijnaldum. Yeah, stick, stick with that. Um, got a great run for 
they've got the results right. Obviously, it'd be great to see if Fabinho is like back in the squad on the bench. Um, but I, there's no point risking him against a team like United. Um, you know, we've seen United try and put on Rashford, and they're probably without him on Sunday because he, he took the wrong decision and and injured him. We don't want. We don't want to do the same. Do, yeah, um, especially with we'd expect it another. You know, never stops being a busy period, really. But with you know Champions League games about to come back, you want a player like Fabinho to be spot on and ready, not keep having to pick up knocks, which some players can do. Well, the United fifth. Yes. If it was, I don't know, balls in fifth, West Ham in fifth, Everton in fifth, yeah. you wouldn't need Fabinho. No. I, you'd so mm-hmm. the name Manchester. Klopp mentioned it when he played Everton. Don't let the emotion run yeah. and go with Fabinho because of how great he's been when fit. Go with the strongest team that will win that game that day. And to be honest, I've got a load of injuries in midfield. Yeah. Like you say something. Pogba and McTominay both out, aren't they? Say something when McTominay's out and... And they, they miss him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the midfield might be Matter and Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, like... Is, is there any United player again this Liverpool side? Or even close? Um, I like Martial, I like Rashford, but I don't think there's that after yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, Maybe like a squad player. Yeah. I like Martial from before he signed for United and I was, I was good that they managed to get him when they did. I don't think I think they've misused him for the most time he's been there. Uh, and Rashford was one of the most exciting players in the league, the most exciting young player. But since United have had their problems again, he's getting... He's younger than Harry Kane, but really he's got a chance to go somewhere else and prove him out somewhere else. Yeah. Under Klopp, I'd have Pogba. That's a shout. That is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you just need to manage it? The right manager. Yeah. He was the best player in the World Cup when he won it the other year. Yeah, he was excellent. He, let's not be daft. He is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's just had Mourinho and Solskjaer managing him. Yeah, he's not going to get the best out of him. The match I went, I went to the Euros 2016 and saw France v Ireland... And Pogba was unreal. He would be a beast game. in this Liverpool midfield, yeah. wouldn't he? Absolutely. On that left-hand side, you yeah. could see him doing the job. <laughs> you could argue he's the only one that could probably replace Wijnaldum. <laughs> <laughs> Which we if, come to. If, if, if he was under the right manager, if if Pogba was in that Liverpool midfield, he'd be incredible, wouldn't he? Let's be honest. So there you go. There's the new hashtag, Pogba2021. <laughs> <laughs> when Genie's contact runs out. Uh, just before we finish, we've got our predictions. I know we, uh, just for the United game, we, because we will be back a lot sooner than we have been in recent in re- weeks and months. But predictions for this United game, do you think it's going to be a Liverpool win? Relentless Reds um, Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to predict uh, hammering. 4-0 oh. 4-0 and I reckon it'll be one of them where you're 3-0 up at half time <laughs> and they're going home. somebody will get a red card wow. I'm just going for 2-0 just the two one Wait. each half if Rashford's out alright they got Martial but they're not going to score are they you'd imagine that's the yeah. thing I only see them getting a goal if, if Rashford was fit and starting but and how will they yeah. they're going to be petrified of the full backs aren't they so yeah, 4-0, Shenfield day. I'll go in between 3-0, but I agree. I think this is the time where United could get a, a beating. But uh, yeah, we'll wrap up there. 
Uh, and we will be back in the next couple of weeks when we review this game and the others that are going to take place because it's going to get busy again, isn't it? I know we've had these couple of weeks yeah. now where it's just one a game a week, but then... Something like 6 and 18 or yeah. 6 and 21 it's or something. Crazy Wolves ridiculous. on a Thursday night. Yeah. It's just... And then we've got the cup game, then West, West Ham in the midweek, and then Southampton, and then I think it's a And break. then a little break again. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks for joining us, lads. Nice one. Thank you. Nice one. You've been listening to the View from the Cop podcast on the Blood Red channel.